Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week. Coming up today, Tom will review which countries made it onto the long-awaited green list for the UK, and I'll see which airline has been brave enough to place a brand new widebody order. I'll see how you can get a unique look at the supermoon, and Joe will look at the latest airline to give up on my favourite, the A380. (laughs) Finally, Tom will tell us about the unique way mail is being delivered to the remote Scilly Isles off the Cornish coast. So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. And I wanted to kind of break with tradition here and really butt in with the first story today, if you don't Go mind. Go for Jill. it. I will let um, you do that, Tom. So on Friday, we finally got the government's long-awaited green list. Hooray. Hurrah. Um, although, you know, sadly, it only features 12 countries. And um, is it like a, there's a sort of decent amount on they, uh, a, a sort of wide range, you know, you've got Gibraltar, Israel, Portugal, Australia, New Zealand, Brunei, Iceland, the Faroe Islands, Tristan da Cunha, uh, St. Helena, Ascension, Falkland Islands, Singapore, and the South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands. So, mm, sandwich. you know, like, some of them <laughs> sound really interesting, but then when you actually drill down into the nitty gritty of it, there's only about four of them that actually matter because, um, you know, like I made, it was quite interesting. I made a map of the world in red, amber and green, depending on the UK uh, guidelines. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you look at it, the main green thing that stands out to you is Australia. Um, and you might be thinking, wow, I fancy a holiday down under right now. But um, you've got to remember that Australia isn't really allowing any of its own citizens to enter, let alone foreign citizens fancying making a holiday. Exactly. Um, It really only leaves four destinations that people can travel, uh, which are Portugal, Gibraltar, uh, Iceland, and um, Tel Aviv in Israel. I mean, that's quite a nice spread. You've got kind of hot and Portuguese, really Mm. hot and Middle Eastern, um, warmish and British speaking and quite cold. (laughs) So there's kind of something for everyone there. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's interesting because these four destinations, understandably, have seen a huge surge in bookings because... Um, everyone's keen to leave the UK and they can't really go anywhere else without quarantining, as (laughs) I shall find out in a couple of weeks. Um, But, you know, I think it's just, it's sad that it's so limited because, um, like, we were expecting a lot more from the green list than just four countries that you can realistically visit, unless you want to somehow get to the South Sandwich Islands to see the penguins. But Which um, sounds delicious, I have to say, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure there's many direct flights over there. Or You know, yeah. I've been longing to go to St. Helena forever, um, mm. but it's still really, really hard to get there. Yeah, it's not really sort of a major tourist destination, is it? Unfortunately not, no. Um, but, you know, I mean, like... I'm glad to see that things are finally reopening. I mean, it's still not ideal that you have to take a PCR test when you arrive back, even if you come from a green list area. Um, I was looking at Virgin Atlantic today announced a green list testing package, which includes a PCR test before you fly out, a rapid test for coming back, and then the PCR test on day two. And that's still costing like 160 quid. 
on top of um, the price of the flight. So that's yeah. you buy that as like an extra to your ticket, do you? Yeah. That's okay. 160 pounds and I'm looking at pretty much spending that on amber tests next in a couple of weeks. So Yeah. Yeah. Um but, it's yeah, making it's just, it, you know, I think it's, you know, travel for the rich this summer, really, because any of yeah. us that have got larger families or, you know, want to go, you know, it's, if I wanted to go to Iceland with my two mm. kids and my husband, you know, it's a huge amount of money to find yeah. to pay for these PCR tests coming back. And considering yeah. they're saying it's a green list country, I just don't really understand why we can't just do the cheap rapid tests, you know, which yeah, we're doing or, like twice a week anyway. But there we go. So as far as I know, the reason you can't just do the cheap rapid tests is because you can only tell the variant from a PCR test. But, you know, these these rapid tests, they're allowed for the pre-departure test because they do pick up COVID. They've got something like a 97% success rate off the top yeah. of my head. Don't quote yeah. me on that. So I think it really should be a case of the rapid tests being used for the do you, don't you have COVID? And then if it comes back positive, then, then you've got you to should pay go for and the have PCR. to do a PCR yeah. to find the uh, I completely agree. I completely agree. It sounds like we're doing things a bit back to front, which is kind of typical UK, but there we go. Yeah. And of course, you know, we're saying UK, but this is actually England's green list because uh, yes. Scotland well, it's the UK has only... But it- only yeah, yeah. currently applies to England. Yeah, I think Scotland is just announcing today when it will be re- releasing its restrictions on international travel. So uh, mm. yeah, this is this is kind of very England focused, but uh, yeah. obviously affects a lot of people that are trying to get in and out of the country. But yeah, I mean, sort of compare it with Germany's approach. So the UK is on Germany's equivalent of the green list now. Yeah. And what do you reckon you've got to do coming to Germany? I mean, I, I assume you have to take some sort of a test, maybe a lateral flow test. I don't know. What do you have You've got to, to do, do a rapid test before you leave the UK and that's it. Oh, nothing on arrival at all? Not even nothing like two days after? No, no quarantine. Oh, super. Mm. And also <laughs> Germany, even if you came from like the equivalent of an amber country to Germany, if you're mm. fully vaccinated, you can just, there's no quarantine or anything. Whereas... Um, in the UK, they're still. If, if you're vaccinated, you're still in the same pool as everyone else, which is crazy because the UK is the one that seems to be really trying to champion vaccines as the solution to everything. Yeah, <laughs> I had mine last weekend. By the way, my uh, my arm's still sore. <laughs> Feeling quite sorry for myself, but uh... I'll feel sorry for you when I get it. <laughs> if I get it. <laughs> no, I mean, if from a sort of point of view of. Like getting an appointment. When, when your name not, comes up on the list, yeah, not if you yeah, want not, to. Yeah, not, I'm no, not absolutely. a vaccine sceptist. Let's get that clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So moving on from the UK's green list or green non-list, should we say, um, <laughs> Let's Dark talk a bit more list. about planes because uh, that's that's a much happier topic. So, mm. as we know, the Lufthansa Group um, has been undergoing something of a shake-up, particularly in terms of its long-haul fleet. Um, and it stated last month that it wanted to reduce the number of long-haul aircraft types from the current or 14 that it was at the start of 2020 down mm. to just eight different types by the middle of the 2020s. So, um, that will see it left operating the 747-8s, the 
A300s, the 777 freighters, the A330 300s, the A350 900s, the 787-9s, the 777X, and possibly the A380. Um, I mean, as we know, I the really future... Hope so. Yeah, the future of their eight A380s that's currently in, in long-term storage is kind of in limbo right now. And mm. um, I think, Tom, you went to see the very last one flown out of Frankfurt well, last week, didn't you? Not quite the very last. There's two left at Frankfurt, but this is the last sort of planned departure for the time being. But, um, you know, it was almost... It was a really touching moment because when it took off, it was it rocked its wings a couple of times to sort of say bye bye Frankfurt and oh, <laughs> that's a bit sad. <laughs> yeah, um, so, uh, so I'm glad yeah, I got to see it though. You know, definitely. So big changes. You know, the mm. the seven four seven four hundreds are gone, as are the um, A three forty six hundreds, and the the other A three forties will be on their way soon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as much as Lufthansa is getting rid of aircraft, it surprisingly announced an order for 10 new long-haul wide-body jets last week. Um, okay. So the airlines opted to take five more Boeing 7879s and five more Airbus A350-900s. Mm. Um, so the Dreamliners, they're actually white-tail already built Dreamliners, which will be rebranded for Lufthansa. Um, yeah. I, I take it so that's So what does white-tail mean? Well, this is where uh, Boeing has basically built the aircraft for a customer and the customer has subsequently either gone bust or cancelled the order or somehow wriggled out of their contract. Um, mm. I mean, these could well have been, I was thinking, maybe Norwegian Dreamliners because they had lots mm. more in on order and obviously they're not doing any more long-haul flying. So, uh, yeah. so, yeah, they're not literally white. <laughs> Quite often they're already liveried in the previous customer's well, I don't know, like colours. some of them have been white you know like when we look at the white body maxes a lot of them are just sort of sitting white yeah, in the desert they now. can be plain but uh, either way they'll be rebranded to Lufthansa or one mm. of the Lufthansa group airlines and uh, fitted out as per their instructions and they will be joining the fleet as soon as next winter um, mm. so before the end of this year possibly um, mm. and there'll be more deliveries from 2022 onwards um, the A350-900s are new builds, so these have gone into the production queue at Airbus. Um, yeah. They won't be delivered to the carrier until about 2027. Yeah, um, well, I mean, there's still other A380s, uh, 350, I can't get away from it. A380 on the brain. Um, there's other 350s <laughs> still to come before then, isn't there? So. Yeah, there are, there are. But these just add to the order, and I think, yeah. you know, it's really solidifying the, the strategy. You know, that mm. is going to be the, the large aircraft on the... Airbus side, certainly. Mm. Um, so in total, Lufthansa as a group now has 25 7879s coming. None mm. have been delivered yet. Um, but with the first well, I can't ones... wait for the first. I know, potentially coming before the end of the year. It won't be long till we get to see them flying in Lufthansa colours, although mm. they haven't detailed exactly where all of the 787s will end up flying because some could go out to Swiss or Austrian. Um, mm. But I have a funny feeling that quite a few will end up at the main Lufthansa airline. And I also have a funny feeling that they may <laughs> debut their brand new business class product on that particular aircraft um, because it should have come, obviously, on the 777X. Um, 
Mm. But now with that plane being delayed and delayed and still unsure of when the first one will come, Lufthansa kind of hinted that they would be introducing the business class before they introduced the 777X. Um, and that I... it will be coming on a brand new plane type. So it's got to be either the A350 or the 787. And my money's on the 787. But that's just yeah. my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was kind of under the impression that the new 787s are kind of going to get a better business class than they've got. But not the new one. But mm. I mean, we'll wait and see. And yeah. I will definitely be down at Frankfurt Airport with my camera as soon as it comes. So <laughs> watch this space. With any luck, you'll be on the delivery flight, Tom. <laughs> would be nice. <laughs> yeah, it would be. If you're listening, Mr. Swall, <laughs> Tom is your local reporter. <laughs> so tell me something about the supermoon. What, what's this got to do with aviation? Sticking on the um, 787 topic, um, we had an interesting sort of story from Qantas today. And, you know, like Qantas has been, even before the pandemic, Qantas was the flight to nowhere airline. It was doing all these charters to Antarctica. And then once the pandemic swung around, we had this eight hour flight all around Australia, which is either amazing or horrible, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so they've come up with their latest flight to nowhere, and it's going to last three hours on, I believe, May 26th. But uh, you may be thinking three hours for a flight to nowhere. That sounds like nothing. Um, there's a very specific reason that this flight is going to take off. And on the 26th of May, there is going to be a supermoon near Australia, which means that the moon is basically coming as close as it ever does to the Earth. And it looks really big to the naked eye. Um, it's not just that, though. It's some sort of crazy lunar duopoly Um on the same day, we're going to see, as well as the big moon, there's going to be a lunar eclipse, which basically means that the moon, the Earth kind of passes perfectly between the moon and the sun and it blocks it out. It's like a like a solar eclipse, but on the moon. Nice. <laughs> nice. Hence, that makes it red, doesn't it? So it's going to be yes. a giant red moon. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous of all the people who are going to be on here because um, <laughs> basically this plane's going to take off and it's going to go right up to 43,000 feet, which is the maximum cruise altitude of the 787. And the idea is that if they get it right up there, they're going to bring the atmospheric disturbance right down as low as it can be and they'll be above, hopefully, all of the clouds. Nice. Um, and then the passengers on there, they're going to get um, cosmic cocktails and supermoon cakes. So I'm very keen to see what this entails. Um <laughs> I may have to have some cos cosmic cocktails this weekend. Um, but yeah, so... Um, Sounds like something the, they'd sell in a dodgy bar in Amsterdam, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, or Frankfurt. Um, there's 76, uh, 66 window seats, uh, roughly, on the 787. And there's going to be just over 100 people on the flight. So it kind of makes you think, well, how are people going to see this if they're not on the window seat? But the... 787, the other reason that they chose it is because it's got the biggest windows on any of the aircraft operated by mm -hmm. the airline. So, um, you know, like I'm very excited to see what sort of flight path it takes. Um, they're not just kind of going and hoping for the best. They're actually, um, they've hired a astronomer to talk to the pilots and they're going to, uh, her name's Vanessa Moss. She's going to work with the pilots and come up with the optimum flight plan Podcasting. so that everyone sees it and it's going to be amazing so that sounds pretty cool i'd like to what, go 
I'd like to go as well. Although, as we've discovered, you can't because even though Australia is in the green <laughs> list, you can't go there. <laughs> so, I mean, watch this space. Hopefully, we'll get um, photos sent to us from Australia that we can share online soon. Definitely, definitely. I hope they manage to get some good snaps. Mm. So, it's interesting that that's taking place on May 26th, Tom, because do you know what else is taking place on May 26th? I don't, Joe. Please enlighten me. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm not sure. So, do I? Yeah, you should. Well, um, Tom's going on holiday, which is oh, why yes. he's taking absolutely no notice of what's going on at work. Um, but <laughs> this, uh, oh, yes, yes. May 26th, <laughs> two o'clock London time, I will be interviewing Akbar Al-Bakr, CEO of Qatar Airways. Um, so we're going to be talking about lots of things, in particular, their resilience to continue flying through the pandemic, um, as well as what's in store for the rest of this year and the longer term future. We're going to be talking about their fleet, past and present, their partnership strategies, their focus on sustainability and loads more. So, uh, Hmm. yeah, if you can, please do join us for an in-depth look into this Middle Eastern powerhouse later this month. Um, As with Simple Flying's previous webinars, it's free to attend, but uh, we do have to limit the spaces. So make sure you register soon in order to secure your spot. So uh, Hmm. 26th of May at two o'clock London time in the afternoon. When, and don't when hate Tom me for will, not knowing. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom will be putting his feet up somewhere and completely ignoring what's going on. So, yeah, is uh, it a Thursday? It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Hopefully I'll be at the pub. (laughs) (laughs) That would be nice. So Mm. moving on with the podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about Malaysia Airlines um, because they have become the latest in a string of airlines to ditch the Airbus A380. Sorry, Tom. I'm so sad. (laughs) So it's not really a big surprise. They haven't got a huge fleet of A380s, to be honest. Um, Mm. And group Group Chief Executive who is Captain Izam Ismail, commented that we are cognizant of the challenges to sell this aeroplane, but we're still looking at ways and means to dispose of our 380 fleet. At the Mm. moment, the management is convinced that the 380 doesn't fit the future plan. So it sounds like he's kind of keen to find a buyer, which uh, I think is rather optimistic because I don't see a a huge second-hand market for the A380 right at this time or ever. I don't see any market, second-hand market for the A380, let alone a huge one. So they, as I said, they haven't got many. They've only got six um, and they range between nine and a half years old while the youngest is about eight and a half years old. Mm. And before the pandemic, they were flying it to London and Hong Kong. Um, And if you remember, they also used it to operate the Hajj pilgrimage between Mm. Kuala Lumpur and Jeddah. Um, And it was very useful, the A380 from Malaysia, in helping with uh, the massive repatriation effort after Tom Thomas Cook collapsed um, yes. back in September 2019. What was that called now? Operation something or another. Oh. Uh, I can't um, remember. It had a name. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I'm, I'm sure it's something to do with mountains, like Operation Everest oh, or something. Um, Matterhorn. Was it Matterhorn? Yes, that was it. Yes, yeah, Matterhorn I knew it was something mountain, to do with like, the mountain. Like, like the mountain at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Or the very famous one in Switzerland, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Toblerone Mountain. Yeah. So um, they, they were using it for Matterhorn. that. And they were uh, also alongside using... Alongside Highfly were as well on yes, their A380. Yes, Highfly were very busy with their A380 for that. Um, and they for were also the very first to use an A380 to carry cargo about this time mm. last year. Um, but sadly, in a few months' time, it will be no more. They're quite keen to get rid of them um, fairly swiftly. Yeah. Um, And in other news from Malaysia Airlines, they've also agreed with uh, 
Boeing to defer their deliveries of the 737 MAX. Um, Mm. So the airline's got an order in for 25, which is split between 15 of the MAX 8 and 10 of the MAX 10. Um, Mm. And, you know, a lot of people had speculated that maybe they'd cancel them entirely. Um, But the order still stands. And they've agreed with Boeing that they won't start arriving until 2024 onwards. um, Mm. And all 25 will be delivered over the course of about three to four years. So they should have really been delivered in July last year. That's when the first should have arrived. Yeah. Um, But of course, they suspended. Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, they officially suspended their deliveries in January 2020. But really, that was just a formality because the MAX wasn't even flying at that time. Um, you know, and and as I said, a lot of people have speculated on whether or not it's actually the right plane for Malaysia Airlines. Um, but again, Mr. Ismail was adamant that the airline will see the order through, um, and he's looking forward Good to seeing them. them arriving in Kuala Lumpur in 2024. So mm. that's where we're at with Malaysia Airlines. Well, again, watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm dying for, to hear you talk about my home county of Cornwall. Um, yeah. And uh, I did pass up the opportunity to write this story because you seemed so enthused. But I kind of wish I had now because it's really interesting. Tell us all. Well, I was very surprised that you did. But um, basically, um, we usually talk about passenger airplanes, but I delved into the um, the area of drones yesterday. And Royal Mail, for those of you who may not be aware, is like the UK equivalent of the United States Postal Service. Um, they deliver everywhere over the UK to some very remote places. And one of those kind of remote places is the Isle of Sil- uh, the Silly Isles, which typically um, they either have to fly a proper plane to or take a boat. <laughs> a proper plane but, as, a, as opposed yeah. to a fake plane. Um, but the problem with boats is that sometimes the tides aren't quite ha- happy where you'd want them. And the problem with planes is that sometimes it's foggy and you can't see where you need to land. Um, supposedly, the solution to this is a drone called the Wind Racers drone, which has two little propellers on the front and it has a maximum takeoff weight of 350 kilograms. Cool. A hundred of those kilograms can be for packages Um at the moment, they're sort of targeting um, PPE and COVID tests, but you know you could find Amazon packages on there, which is interesting because Amazon, as well, is one that's keen in the drone uh, space and yeah. all sorts. Um, basically, as the crow flies or as the drone flies, it's only thirty miles uh, coast to coast from the Silly Isles to uh, mainland Cornwall. But of course, there's not an airport right at the edge of mainland Cornwall, so this drone is taking off uh, near Newquay at Perrinpore Fairfield. It then goes over the sea and flies in pretty much a straight line until it gets to the um, the Silly Isles where it lands and it's unloaded. But you may be thinking, well, it, it, let's just say it flies around 2,000 feet, so it's not really high enough that it would get in anyone's way. Um, but it's also over the sea, so if anything does happen... Um, you're just going to get some soggy packages. Um, <laughs> no one's yeah, really going to be your hurt. Your Amazon parcel's going to be at the bottom of the Atlantic. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it's kind of interesting because it takes around uh, one hour each way. Um, but it's not the drone journey doesn't end there. So this this, um, this is not a vertical takeoff and landing drone. It has to take off on a runway. Mm-hmm. So it lands on the runway in the Silly Isles and then the packages are unloaded and divided up and then they are put on smaller drones that do have vertical takeoff and landing oh, capabilities. Cool. And they then uh, distribute the packages out to the various drop bo- uh, points on the different islands. Um, 
So it's kind of like, it's still a trial at the moment. Um, so futuristic they, though, little drones yeah, buzzing know, around I, with your mail. It's so cool. I know, this wouldn't have been on my bingo card for 2021, I must say that. Um, <laughs> but Particularly in Cornwall, but uh, yeah. you know, we like to do things differently down here. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're hoping that this um, will really be able to revolutionise the the entire sort of mail delivery to remote areas idea well, so you know like they've previously gone to a remote scottish lighthouse and done this um cool i don't expect them to see these drones whizzing around london anytime soon but you know it's really <laughs> exciting from i think for remote commu- communities it's a much better way of doing things than yeah. you know chartering a helicopter or a, a small aircraft to do these sorts of things yeah. so yeah great stuff i can't wait to see it whizzing down the cornish coast and taking people mm. their their parcels and mail really cool you better go and get a photo for me <laughs> <laughs> i will do Cool. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for today. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. And as usual, we welcome your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a rating on your favourite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.